0: What's up, everybody, it's Master of the Indiana Pacers. You
1: listen to the Peace Rules Podcast. Be sure to follow at Rules on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pacer Rules podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias towards the Indiana Pacers as the sun sets on the 2019-2020 NBA 18-month season. What a ridiculous length of time. If you told me in October that we'd be here next October crowning an NBA champion, I wouldn't have believed you. But uh, Alex, here we are. los angeles lakers nba champions
2: yeah man it's been a crazy 12 months hasn't it obviously the i just want to first off right off the bat shout out to adam silver and the nba and and everyone behind the bubble because to have zero cases for the entire what like three months i think they were there is is insane especially when you consider what's going on in america so shout out to adam silver i think he's easily the best commissioner in the world and yeah congrats to the lakers obviously we've got a Pacers connection on LA uh, with Frank Vogel. So obviously wish he, he won one with the Pacers, but it's good to see him win a ring. So, you know, we've been root, rooting for him hard. So I was happy to see that.
1: I don't think there's a Pacers fan that I've seen on social media that has anything but love for Frank Vogel, Justin, is there?
0: No, and I, I thought the same thing today. It was, it was great to see the whole Pacers community about you know a quarter left when everyone knew Likers Lakers were going to be champions. So everyone was tweeting out their Frank Vogel sentiments, all positive, didn't see one negative word. It's great to see a lot of a lot of fans can get a bit gnarly when a when an ex-player or coach wins the championship. Um, but all love for Frank Vogel It shows what he did uh, with this franchise. And um, yeah, I've mentioned on the show before. He's been my favorite coach. Um, obviously, got the privilege to meet him, and he was beyond lovely to me personally. So. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't be more happy for him.
1: Yeah, it's really brilliant. I mean, he obviously took a team that was down and out with Jim O'Brien and not really performing all that well and and built it up into a, a genuine contender um, on the back of of defense. And it was really interesting to hear his, his speech after the game. And the only thing he really brought up in terms of game style is defense and how hard they played on defense. He's always preached that. He's always... Uh, had that as his massive emphasis uh, for his entire coaching career. Uh, and it's just that now he's got, you know, two uh, incredibly elite top five, top 10, whatever top you want to say offensive players in, in LeBron James and Anthony Davis, that he doesn't need to worry about the offensive end because he's got, you know, arguably the the greatest playmaker in the history of basketball running his, his offense. And, and I just want to take this opportunity uh, I've seen quite a few tweets flying around after LeBron James said he wanted to respect, saying that he should be more humble or that he should have treated things differently. And uh I've got I've got a bit to say about that. I, I don't know what you want from the man. It's his fourth ring. He was under extreme pressure. He um he was, you know, an incredible performer across these finals, thoroughly deserved his fourth finals MVP in his fourth ring and I think it's an opportunity for him to drop the humility for a second. He's been humble his whole career. I think let him have half an hour, an hour, a few days of thinking and knowing I'm the best in the world. This is what I've got. So anyone who, who took issue with the way that LeBron approached the victory today, um, I think you just, you just got to step back and, uh, and think about what you would do if you won an NBA championship and you were the best player in the world because uh at the moment there's there's no one better. Uh Alex do you think the criticism of LeBron not being humble is valid?
2: <laughs> nah, it's pretty, it's pretty ridiculous, isn't it? And it always makes me laugh as well when you know Pacers fans where we can be hypocrites sometimes, but obviously I didn't get to watch Reggie during his prime, but watching watching some old clips, you know that that game against the Bulls where he bowed uh, with the early celebration so when we're talking about humility let's be honest our, our our goat if you will was never really one to be yeah. humble was he
1: yeah not to mention everyone else's goat michael jordan uh, the most humble man you've ever seen justin <laughs>
2: yeah
1: yeah
0: exactly we all watched the last dance so we know what mentality had but for me and we've mentioned it on the show before and i couldn't care less about the narrative of who's better, Jordan, LeBron, or Kobe, or whatever. I do not care. It's it's one basketball conversation that never intrigues me, never interests me. Um, we mentioned it when Kobe passed. Is just appreciate greatness. Don't yeah. don't compare. You know, Jordan and LeBron are so different type of players. Same as Kobe and LeBron and Kobe and Jordan. They're all they're all different in their own right. They're all fantastic in their own right. Like. I get sick of, you know, you see on Twitter, and, oh, LeBron's got four finals MVPs with four different teams now. He's the GOAT. and It's just, he's it's mind-numbing to keep up with. So, if anyone takes anything from me, stop the debate. Who cares? They're all great players. And just appreciate it while you can watch it.
1: I mean, how lucky are we that we got Jordan growing up and now LeBron in our adult life? And LeBron will retire and there'll be another fantastic player that comes along and who knows if it's someone that we're currently watching like Luca or Giannis or someone of that nature or if it's someone that will come along in the next few years but you know
0: yeah I, th- I think that's an amazing thing about the NBA Adam and that's the transition of greatness someone always passes the torch and you know the NBA's a league might have been worried oh god LeBron might retire in a few years who's going to carry that that torch and lead the league. You know, like you mentioned, Ted Luca, Giannis, you know, KD is still an amazing talent. You know, you got other young, young stars like Donovan Mitchell, you got um, Zion, like the, the name of superstars is just endless. And this league is in very good hands for a long time.
1: And it's important that we acknowledge the Eastern Conference champion Miami Heat as well. I mean, a, a valiant performance, uh, losing the series in six games without, um, you know, their their top, uh, they're one of their leading scorers. Uh, you know, Bam was injured as well. Just an incredible performance, and I don't think anyone can say anything negative about Jimmy Butler's drive, his uh, his ability and all joking aside about the TJ Warren feud from earlier in the year you have to respect him you have to respect Goran Dragić for trying to drag himself injured out there today uh and get the team across the line and you know Alex this is something that we've uh we've talked about over the last couple of weeks you can you can't not respect this Miami team
2: yeah it's hard not to not to root for him isn't it obviously uh, as a Pacers fan you never want to like Miami but that that's just a team that almost to me mirrors that of what the Pacers are trying to achieve because yeah Jimmy Butler is what a borderline superstar and outside of that they have Bam who's a first year all-star and then you know it's a bunch of veterans and and rookies so it's a it's a team that isn't built on top 2 players or top 5 players or you know MVPs or anything like that it's a team that the Pacers could construct. They went through the draft. They got none, Robinson, hero, all through the draft. You know, obviously Jimmy Butler's a big time, big time acquisition, but I think that's a, a team that the Pacers should be looking to emulate. And obviously Pat Riley's a, one of the greatest to ever do it. So having
1: him definitely helps. Justin, is there a better coach in the NBA than Eric Spolster right now?
0: Uh no. No, I I think, you know, for the the talent that team's got to where they got, you know, they knocked off Milwaukee. People say, you know, they're probably the best team all year. Um, Swept some bases. They're the only team to take Lakers to six games. Um, You know, Eric Sposter has got so much out of their team. They were talking on the broadcast on the game that Miami, you know, they stick with their guy. And that's what I've been a big preacher of, you know, Not so much about Nate McMillan in the end, but don't just fire a guy once you have a bad season. I think Miami missed the playoffs three out of the last five seasons. Ulster wasn't in danger of losing his job. You stick with the guy. He's a great coach. Look, you know, he was two games away from a championship where no one had them even close. So, like you mentioned, Alex, I think the paces emulate what the heat put on the court. And to me, (laughs) gee... Just watching him was so different to watching the paces. And Jimmy Butler, you guys are a massive fan of him. Um, you don't look at his box score; you look at everything he does. You, you two probably saw. Did, did you see him walking after Game Five? In Incredible. Forty-six minutes. He was limping. He couldn't even walk. And that—that's you know, I'm not going to throw Victor's name out there, but what? But look at the difference. Between yes, you that. are. We we got, we got a guy who can't even walk to the locker room just in pain. And then from what we saw from our paces in that four game series, just, just night and day, wasn't that Adam?
1: Yeah, it was, it, it, it's disappointing um, to see the difference in, you know, competitive drive and um, you know, it, it, they've been obviously rumbling since the end of the season that there are issues in the locker room. And we hope that those will be resolved with a change in leadership and the coaches bench. Um, and, and I think, You know, we can start there. The the Pacers' off-season just officially begun. We can now, you know, interview every candidate that's been shortlisted now that uh, the Heat are out due to, you know, um, a couple of uh, assistant coaches, Dan Craig and uh, Chris Quinn, being on the shortlist. We can now interview them unabetted. Um, We can uh, retool our coaches' bench. There's talk of Dan Burke not returning. Um, which is uh, really interesting. And I, Alex, I, I want your take on that because I know that uh, you're a big Dan Burke fan, but um, we're entering a, a very interesting couple of months in Pacers' uh, history, aren't we?
2: Yeah, and just on that, Dan Burke, obviously shout out to our man, um, Scott Agnes, for, for bringing that one up. But yeah, if, if the Pacers are looking to, to blow it all up in terms of coaching staff, maybe they do go younger, but I'm of the belief that man, like Dan Burke's been been the the mastermind of, you know, the Pacers who've been a top ten defense almost every year since 2000. You know, they were six this year. They're always up there, and I know they want to go more modern. I know they want to get faster. I know they want to shoot more. But I th- still think you can do that while keeping Dan Burke. Obviously, with that being said, I think a lot of it's got to do with the the guy they bring in, isn't it? Because if he's going to want to bring his assistants. Then, if you 're the paces, you go, Dan, we appreciate your service, but we 're going in a more dire- a more modern direction, and if that has to happen, you know that 's going to suck, but you know that 's just the the nature of the business isn 't it
1: and Dan Burke 's too good to not get another job, so you know mm, i don 't think this is a this is a farewell or a death knell on Dan Burke's career. He's an incredible assistant coach and and he'll get another job somewhere else uh, if the Pacers do decide to go another way. Justin, how do you feel about a complete overhaul of the bench?
0: Um, Well, first of all, I think think Dan Burke is, if, if it is true and Scott Agnes is right and Dan Burke leaves, I think that would have been due to a conversation between Nate McMillan and Kevin Pritchard in the exit interview. Um, with the the lack of adjustments in that Miami series, yes, it all falls on Nate McMillan. He's the head guy, but I mean Danberg's a defensive coordinator. You know, we, we didn't throw anything else at Miami, and I, I love Danberg. By the way, I, I I I actually want him to stay, but I'm just thinking, why has it got to this path? And I think that series Miami, we all said that sweep meant so much with how we're moving forward. I think questions have been asked and. You know, maybe some heat has fallen on Dan Burke's shoulders to say, mate, this team was not prepared, was not ready, did not do any adjustments to stop Miami shooters. Um, We're going to look in a different direction.
1: As I said, it's a massive next couple of months for the Pacers. I think we've got about five weeks until the draft uh, happens. And and obviously, there's been a lot made. And and we've we've said a lot regarding Oladipo. Uh, And I want to put a question to both of you. And Alex, I'm going to start with you. What is the more important move for Indiana this offseason? Is it the coach or is it the return that we get uh, if Victor Oladipo is traded?
2: Oh, I think it's the return. Uh, I mean, that's tough because Victor, you've you've got to keep in mind, he's a one-year rental. So his value is already lowered due to the injury. Then you take into consideration he's only going to be on a one-year deal. So that lowers his deal even more. So if this was like 2018, Vic, I think I would say that confidently. But now, I mean, the guy you bring in might only be here for, for a couple of years, whereas the coach might change your culture for the next decade. So, I mean, it's definitely a tough question, but I think short term, it's, it's Oladipo, but then long term, it's, it's the head coach and the staff, especially if they're going to hire not just a new coach, but assistants as well. That's, that's changing your culture for, for years to come.
0: Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, short-term, uh, obviously, it's the Depot and long-term, it's the coach. And I know Pacer Nation and you guys would have seen the tweet from Jay Michael from the Indy Star with uh, Victor Depot and the Pacers have talked, I'm told, a couple of times. Uh, that's it. That's it. There's no more news. That's that was We've period. also
1: talked a couple of times. There's no training for the Paceroos. Yeah, the,
0: the Paceroos have spoke a few times in the off-season. But, um, look... All jokes aside, uh, to me, I, I believe, I believe. I'm not saying I've got any inside sources, but I, I believe Vic Oladipo has confirmed he will not re-sign as a pacer. Now um, it's too quiet on the Indiana's front. Kevin Pritchard's kind of been off social media for a while. If they have spoken a few times, what are they doing? They're not rehashing out a contract for Oladipo to sign. So they they're in the stages of coming to a mutual agreement, in my opinion. I, I think. Um, I'm pre- pretty positive By draft day, Oladipo will be
2: gone Wow, I, and also just on that I want to say, you know how he came out and said I think it was in that IG live actually That, that you got a stream recording of He was talking mm-hmm. about how he doesn't know Where these rumours are, are coming from And he yeah, can't do anything from you, about them He can't control them I just thought, what? Vic, you That's... are the one Man on this planet that can Control those rumours <laughs> So, so I'm, I'm uh, going to drop that, something. That just me right there.
0: Yeah, I, I was thinking about this the other day, and it's a big call, but I'm going to make it, and that is the way this is headed, and even up until tonight, Vic Oladipo, it, it, this is turning out to be worse than the Paul George saga. Wow. It, it, yeah, and you guys and I'll, know I'll agree with you
1: just, to-
2: because, just because of the fact that PG had a reason to leave, right? Yes. Obviously, the the way he communicated with the media was terrible, but he had way more of a reason to leave than Vic does now. So what I'll, if I'll what if they
1: that. botched what if they botched the medical approach to dealing mm. with the knee and caught inadvertently caused the quad though? Like, what, I mean, I'm pay, I'm playing complete devil's advocate mm. here, and you know that's the the that the underlying scuttlebutt is that there is some distrust there regarding health now whether that has a basis or not is all alleged but you know what if there is some underlying trust with some basis justin would would that retrospectively are we going to be sitting here in four years when someone else wants to trade from indiana saying (laughs) oh the depot had a reason for leaving indiana
0: Oh, you, you know that article is going to come out one way or another. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, devil's advocate. You, you are right, Adam. There is a point to that. And I, I totally understand Oladipo and your thinkings around that. You know, Pacers maybe didn't handle the injury well. But frankly, as harsh as it sounds, I, I don't care. The, the way I'm speaking about right now is he's handled this terribly. Yeah. To come out on Instagram Live with Fat Joe and say, oh, I don't know where these rumours are coming from. You know where coming from. He's, he's liking Pacer fans' tweets and Instagram comments. Yep. About, oh, you're gonna hurt us again, and then unliking him, and then liking people saying, you know, we don't want you anymore. He like, I don't know what he's doing, and then coming out and saying, I'm a Pacer, I'm a Pacer. That means nothing. That's like saying, oh, I'm a Paceroo right now. I'm a Paceroo. <laughs> Another podcast is offering me a million dollars a year. I'm gone. Like, it. it, it that thing. You something that to tell something
1: us. Depend- you got something to tell us, Justin?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know Justin, where. Justin, you room know who else going. said that? You
2: know, you know who else said that in 2017 though? A man, a man named Paul George. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: he yeah, and, said and that's that's the great irony here. You know that they use exactly the same words, but you hit the nail on the head, Justin. I was playing devil's advocate. I don't believe. Um, that, however, Victor does control the narrative and he does have the ability to be able to play this differently to where he is committed to the team outwardly and then inwardly he's seeking the best outcome for him moving forward. He he could have mentioned the team in all these conversations. He could have mentioned his teammates in all these conversations. He could have talked up... He could have talked up the team's chances in these conversations. He could have talked up how excited he is to, to work with a new coach and how he'll miss Nate, but at the same time, he's so excited to work with a new coach. We've had none of those conversations. Yeah. And the fact that there have been none of those conversations means, for me, he's not committed to the team moving forward, which is fine. He doesn't have to be committed to the team moving forward, but there is a way to project... A little bit more stability and then in the background say you know what this isn't for me I need a change of scenery I'm going to sign somewhere else I'm going to do whatever I can to push the team in the media to give you the opportunity to be able to shop me around and, and get what you need um, and I think that's you know that's the, that would be the mature approach as a professional um, and Unfortunately, in a lot of these situations, players don't show the mature approach, and I don't know whether that's you know uh, a sign of the people that they surround themselves with, or it's a sign of you know their own lack of experience in business. But ultimately, he's going to get paid a lot of money regardless. He's also going to be able to choose where he wants to go regardless. So you know, who cares if you live in Denver for a year, Vic? You're going to be able to move to Miami after that. Who cares if you live? in another contending city and contend for a championship for a season. If you want to live in Miami after a year, maybe you win a ring. Maybe you do what Kawhi did and you win a ring there. Not to say that he's on the same level, but maybe he is the missing piece for a Denver championship run, for example. Uh, And then, or ultimately, he then still goes to a different team that he wants to sign with. I think you know there's a way to handle it that's a little more professional and involves a little more courtesy to the team. And clearly, he doesn't have either of those things and that's his prerogative. But we're going to remember him as a guy who promised us the world and didn't end up delivering on that. Yeah. I, I thought, back I like, it, just just saying go, on, go.
2: on that, I was just saying it goes back to the lack of communication that we've seen all throughout this year with Vic. You know, when we had Scott on the podcast a few months ago, he was talking about how even back in, you know, when he was going to play against the Bulls for the first time, he didn't tell Nate Millen. He didn't tell the, the team when he was going to play. He told Shams. And then when it comes to the bubble, it's Shams. Oh, Shams. So, he just, obviously, he his communication with the Pacers front office has been dismal for about 12 months. And I would love to know where that's come from. But, yeah, go on with the, with what you were saying,
0: yeah, well, Agnes mentioned on his podcast that he knows Oladipo had some business ventures in Indianapolis. He's been working on the far, past year or so, and now Oladipo has actually withdrawn. So he's he's held oh. back on those. Now, I don't know what business ventures they are, but hearing that, you know, I've, I've said it for months. We've all said months, but, you know, if he's pulled back on business moves in Indiana, building up his life and making marketing moves and stuff like that um, in India, Indiana, then... Look, you don't even have to read between the lines. He's gone. Um, we all know it. And like, if, if him and Kevin Pritchard have spoke recently, like we said, Kevin Pritchard mentioned in the off-season he wants to remain Victor's friend. We mentioned that on the podcast saying that's not a good sign. So, um, yeah, I'm really interested to see what trade we get for him, what what sort of players we can get in return. Um, it's going to be really interesting. I, my expectations are low just because. They always are. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who we can get, Adam.
1: Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of fake trades flying around. We, I'm not going to go into detail on any of them because they're all fake. Um, so there's there's nothing real or uh, or reported, and we know that the Pacers will keep that close to their chest until a deal is done. We'll wake up one morning, get a notification from Shams or Woj, probably Woj, because they probably don't like Shams too much now. Um, they'll, they'll get a notification from Woj saying that they've traded a certain player to a certain team, and we'll be like, "Whoa, did not see that coming at all." Um, you know, there's, there's some interesting debate around, you know, what, um, what needs to be traded out, what can be, uh, received in return. We've talked at length about, you know, lottery picks. We've talked at length about the, the ability to get a return and I'm seeing more and more I'm seeing fans suggest that we trade Victor and miles or Victor and Domas in a package to be able to bring back someone. And, you know, that's a pretty controversial idea with a guy like Domas that's just about to start his four-year extension. But uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with the premise of it, which is, you know, can you can you do the old NBA live 2007 two-for-one trade where you trade two players uh, for one really good player um, in, you know, a three- or four-team deal? I mean, even though... Uh, you know, we love Miles. We love Domas. Is it worth exploring, or, or would you be comfortable with sacrificing not one but two of these players for um, potentially either a, a top top pick or an all star, Alex?
2: Yeah, well, one I've seen thrown around is the the Golden State number number two and and Andrew Wiggins. So, I mean, when you when you talk about Victor Oladipo and Domas, or packaging Vic and Miles. You have to consider that you have to be getting what, like thirty-seven or thirty-eight yep. million dollars back in deal, and you've also got to remember that the team that's trading for these guys, first of all, they're gonna need they they either need a center or a guard, or they are gonna give up something really good for one year of Oladipo. So, I mean, what what's the point of doing that? But then again, if you do package Vic with domas or miles you incentive incentivize a team in taking that one year deal don't you so maybe you raise his his a uh, trade value and i know a name that i've seen thrown around heaps on twitter i know adam you've seen it thrown around heaps on twitter is uh ben simmons so i don't know why the the 76ers would necessarily want another big man like domas but i'd love to get your thoughts on a uh, Big Ben,
1: the Aussie, in 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 an Indian uniform. I I love Ben Simmons. I think you know I'm obviously we're an Aussie podcast, so we're we're qualified to talk about Ben Simmons. I feel, but (laughs) um, you know, he's I think he's misunderstood. All the talk about him shooting threes—that's not his game. He's he's an old school slashing playmaking player. I mean, he's uh, he's an incredible talent, and he has the ability to be one of, if not the best defender in the league along with one of the best playmakers in the league. And that's a rare combination. Now, we saw two deals last summer that involved multiple first-round picks involving Paul George and Russell Westbrook uh, going from the Thunder, respectively, and the Thunder now own, uh, I think, every single one of the 60 picks in next year's draft. But um, the point being, the Pacers don't tank. We know they don't tank. Is it worth, Justin, I'll put this to you, if there is the ability to be able to trade away Vic and Domas or Vic and Miles and get a guy like Ben Simmons in return, is it worth throwing in two, three first-round picks knowing that there's no way that those first-round picks are going to be anything beyond about pick 15, 16 because even when the paces are bad, they're not that bad. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you guys and I've been a big advocate of making a home run play. Whether that backfires, and I've always said the Andrew Bynum, Roy Hibbert thing, um, it backfired. But yeah, turned to Danny Granger thing, it backfired. But I'll, I'll go to sleep at night because they that, that were championship moves. They tried to build the bench to build, make, um, win a championship, and I'll never lose sleep over it because finally, Larry Bird swung for the fences. And, you know, I'd I love to. Pacers haven't done that in years, and I'm still playing so safe. I, I'll, I really want a high draft pick this year. I think it's time. We haven't had a top 10 pick in my lifetime, um, or top nine pick, sorry. It's, it, it's time we get some young talent in. And, you know, if you mentioned if you can package Vic and Miles and get a Ben Simmons here, yeah, of course you do it. Uh, personally, I think Doc they'll give Ben Simmons and MB one more shot with uh, Doc Rivers. Um, I think they'll give him a season um, to try and work it out. But um, while we're on trade, oh, first I also think it's unlikely Oladipo and Miles get packaged together. I also think it's very unlikely. So I would be shocked if I wake up and Sabonis is traded one day. Um, but while we're on trades, I want to want to quickly throw out there my big thing of the off season, and that is a, a big notice to all Pacer fans: when you see a trade, look at it. Have your own opinion for one minute, let it sit in your brain before you read everyone else's comments and go, do I like this trade? Think about it for yourself before you go on Twitter and see the onslaught of, oh, this is the worst thing ever, Pacers franchise moving to Seattle. Think in your mind, do you like this trade? And go from there.
1: Alex, Alex, one of the first Twitter interactions that you and I had ever before we even conceptualized this podcast was on the anniversary of the Paul George trade. I don't know whether you remember this at all, but we had an interaction where I retweeted a tweet that I did on the day that the Oladipo Domas trade happened back in, what was it? 2017. And I tweeted that, you know, I, I don't really understand it, but I am going to give it a chance. I'm going to give it a shot. And, that was a very controversial thing to tweet at the time. And uh, unfortunately, NBA Twitter has no chill at all. Um, they pass judgment on a trade immediately. It's either the best trade in the world for one team or the worst trade in the world for the other team. Um, there's, no, there's very, very rarely a trade that er, where everyone looks at each other and says, huh, fair trade, good trade. <laughs> That never, ever happens. So, Alex, you you would be getting a barrage, I'm sure, of notifications right now of people tweeting fake trades. But when the actual trade happens, are you prepared for Twitter over that 48 to 72-hour period?
2: (laughs) Well, it's always funny to me because I I actually remember when that trade happened. When anything big paces related happens, it's always different for me because I'm right into Photoshop, right? So yep. I'm right into Getty Images or Photoshop or whatever, and I'm making the swap. So it's always funny to firstly see the reaction that the jersey swap gets. And then secondly, to see like when, um, <laughs> I remember when we extended Nate, the first thing I did was quote tweeted it and said, Pacers fans, give me your thoughts. And it got like, I think my, I woke up to like 110 <laughs> 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 notifications or something like that. So, I mean, I, It got to the point where I just don't even read three quarters of them, but I will admit that it does bring me a laugh sometimes. Seeing, seeing some of the interactions, especially when people get in, get into those arguments. You said paces or NBA Twitter has no chill, and some people be throwing haymakers on NBA Twitter. So um, yeah, it's it's always a fun thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you know, Justin. There's a chance that we stay off Twitter. But let's be realistic. We're going to be right there, and we're going to be chatting independently, saying, "Why are people trashing this trade? This is not that bad, uh, aren't we?"
0: I I nearly already know I'm going to disagree with. If people think it's good, I'm going to think it's bad, and if people <laughs> think it's bad, I'm going to think it's good. Yeah. But I'm ready for it, and that's what I, I want. I mention this because I just want people to form their own opinion. It seems like yeah. the first couple of people who tweet their opinion, everyone will just pile on and be like, "Oh yeah, he's right. Wow, this trade was terrible." Or, you know, it's it just, you know, you never see a 50-50 split. So, you know, we are, I'm positive we're going to wake up before draft day and there's going to be a big, big change to this Pacers roster. So all Pacers fans, let's, let's chill out. And if you've got your opinion, if you think it's a terrible trade, voice it. But, um, yeah, give us the reasons
2: why. Justin, I yeah. want to see your re- reaction when when that tweet comes in from Wages. The Indiana Pacers have traded for Gordon Hayward, mate. I'm waiting you'll- for your for your reaction.
1: Yeah, I think we'll be deleting the Pacers' Twitter account that day, will we not?
2: <laughs> you
1: won't
0: be seeing a tweet because I-, I don't know if I'll be on planet Earth anymore, mate.
1: <laughs> wow, that's uh, you'll, be- you'll be on a rocket ship to Mars. Okay, he so. Will not- no, there's no chance. I'm saying it right now. I, I have no sources. I'm on the other side of the world. There is zero chance that we trade for Gordon Haywood unless there are a bevy of draft picks attached to it. Now, there is plenty coming up over the next five weeks. Uh, this this is usually the, the start of the next season, but uh, unfortunately, this year's been really weird. Uh, when the coach is named or when there is a report on a new coach, we will bring you an episode. When there is a big trade, we will bring you an episode. If we've got nothing to say, we won't say it. But if something happens, we'll be there. So the Paceroos, that's another episode. And we'll invite you to come back next time. Happy NBA off-season. Is that how you say it? And congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers.